Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Albert Hardy, your host. I want to take us to some selections of Scripture. This isn't by any means a uh, an exhaustive collection, but there are quite a few, and I've got some uh, puzzles to solve about the times of the Gentiles. What exactly is he talking about? Well, let's go. Let's start with Luke twenty-one, starting at verse twenty. Um, let's see. Let's go up to uh, twenty-one, actually twenty. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is near. You mean Jerusalem? Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. That's what it sounds like. Well, that's what desolation means to me. And when you shall see um, Jerusalem compassed about, that means surrounded with armies, know that the desolation of uh, thereof is nigh. And then let them which are in Jerusalem or Judea flee to the mountains, i.e. Petra. And let them which are in the midst thereof Depart out, and let them not come into the countries. Um, for these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Oh, what things? Well, let's stop right there and take a side trip to Zechariah 11 and verse 1. Zechariah 11, verse 1. Open the doors, O Lebanon, that fire may devour your cedars. Howl, you fir trees, for the cedar is fallen, because of the mighty are spoiled. Howl, you oaks of Bashan, for the strong forest of vintage, or old age, is come down. There is a voice of howling of the shepherds. Their glory is spoiled, a voice of roaring of young lions, for the pride of Judah is spoiled, maybe ruined. Thus says the Lord my God, feed the flock of slaughter, whose possessors slay them and hold them not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed is the Lord, for I am rich. For their own shepherds pity them not, and I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. But, see, I will deliver the men, every one, into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king, and they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. Sounds like God is angry. Now, in chapter 12, in verse 2, he, he says this, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling, or reeling, unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege, both against uh, Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, and a burden, all that burden themselves with it, 
shall be cut in pieces, sorely wounded, though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. In that day, says the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness, and I will open my eyes upon the house of Judah, and I will smite every horse of the people with blindness. The governors of Judea shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength in the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, and this is chapter, uh, let's see, chapter 12 of Zechariah. In that day will I make the governors, the chief captains of Judah, like an hearth and a fire among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheaf, and they shall devour all the people round about, and on the right hand and on the left, and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. Unquote. Wow. So let's read on in Luke 11. That is Luke 21. And verse 25, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The earth, um, upon the earth is distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking out after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Whoa, that sounds like Matthew twenty four twenty nine. We'll read that. But to carry on, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cl- in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is drawing near. Now let's go over back over to uh, Matthew 24 and verse 29. Here's what it says. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon will not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with the sound of a trumpet, the great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. The gathering doesn't come until after the tribulation. The tribulation happens in verse 29. His sign that he's coming, you know, we'll see him in the clouds, happens in verse 30. And then his angels will send um, the sound of a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. So you see... There's no pre-trib rapture. There's no mid-trib rapture. It's after the tribulation, if there, if you can call it a rapture at all. 
It's really a gathering. That's what he said. It's a gathering of us believers. Anybody that has listened to this podcast before or recently um, knows what I mean when uh, I read this, verse 29, and I always go back to where it's found in Isaiah, which is chapter 34. And I know it's ugly. I know it's hard to hear. So I'm just going to select some of the words here. For the indignation, verse 2, of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury is upon all their armies. Whose armies? The nation's armies. Everybody. Um, Verse 4 says, And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all the hosts shall fall down, and the leaf, as the leaf um, falls off the vine, and as the falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed or drink its fill in heaven, that is, in the air. And it will come down upon Idumea. Now that is Babylon. Where did Nebuchadnezzar rule? Well, that would be Saudi Arabia. That would be Iran, Iraq, Turkey, that whole region, all through there. That's Idumea, the Middle East. And upon the people of my curse. Who's that? Well, that would be the people of the Middle East, the Islamites or the Muslims, if you will. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood and made fat with the fatness of rams and goats and the fat kidneys of rams, for the Lord has a sacrifice in Bozrah, or Basra, and a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. There's a scripture in Amos that comes into play here, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Here's what Amos says in verse 11, chapter 1. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom, the Edomites, well, that's Idumea. Idum and Edom are the same thing. And for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because he pursued his brother with a sword and did cast off all pity and his anger did um, tear perpetually, and he kept his wrath forever. In other words, he held a grudge. But I will send fire upon Teman, which is a city in Saudi Arabia, and shall uh, devour the palaces of Bozra or Basra. Then in chapter 5, verse 18, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. What good is it to you? The day of the Lord is darkness, not light. It's as if a man fleed or um, ran away from a lion and a bear met him. Or he went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a snake bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it at all? Wow. 
And then in chapter 8 of Amos, verse 9, And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon. Whoa. And I will darken the earth in the clear day. And I will turn your feasting into mourning and your songs into lamentation. And I will bring sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning of an, or for an only son, and the end thereof is a bitter day. And I will send a famine in the land, says the Lord God, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. That's interesting. The times of the Gentiles are full at that point. There's no more church. They won't allow it. Now, to me, the people of my curse are going to take over the world. The Muslims are outpopulating every other people group. They're already overrunning Europe. They're occupying it. They're living there. And it doesn't leave room for the people that were there first. They're getting crowded out. Will it happen in the United States? Well, if they outpopulate us eight to one as they are, it can't go on forever. They don't have to lift a finger. They don't have to lop off any heads. It's going to take over anyway at that rate. We're not outproducing them. We're not keeping up. So what do you do about it? Well, go have children. <laughs> But um, I just don't foresee anything else happening except the Gentiles are going to take over. They're going to get rid of Christianity and they're going to get rid of the Jews or try to. Now let's go to Romans 11.25. He says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of a mystery, of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness or a hardening in part has happened or befallen, who? To Israel. Unto Israel. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And at that time, Jesus returns and takes over, puts down the Gentiles, and exalts Israel. So, in verse 26, all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I take away their sins. Unquote. Let's go back to Matthew 24 for a minute, and read, starting in verse 15. When you, therefore, shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, that is, in the temple, where it doesn't belong, let the reader understand, then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes." 
and woe to them that are pregnant and those that give suck in those days. So pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world at this time, no, nor ever shall be in the future. Except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here he is, or there, that is, Christ, don't believe it. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they would deceive or lead astray the very elect. That's you and me, who have elected to follow Jesus and to listen to his word and treasure it and make it their own. Behold, I have told you ahead of time, So, if they shall say to you, Behold, he's in the desert, don't go out there. Behold, he's in a secret chamber, don't believe it. For as the lightning that comes out of the east shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Now, this sign of the Son of Man, this lightning that comes... Uh, that shines from the east even to the west, that refers back to the sign of the appearance of the Son of Man in verse 30. That's the sign. He lightens up the world. He said he was the light of the world, and that's both literal and spiritual in nature, in my view. So now let's go to Daniel chapter 9. Uh, Let's see, Ezekiel, Daniel. I want to point out something interesting right here. Now, let's see. Know, therefore, and understand. This is verse 25, chapter 9 of Daniel. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, that is, to rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, and the street shall be built in a wall, even in times of trouble. Are they building a wall around Jerusalem? Yes, a big, tall wall. And since then, the city has enjoyed times of peace, even though the Palestinians are trying their hardest to destroy it. After threescore and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. In other words, instead, for the people. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city, that is Jerusalem, and the sanctuary, which would be the temple, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, a horde of people, possibly. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. On Jerusalem, desolations, well, it sounds a whole lot like chapter 17, verse 1, the destruction of, and that's in Isaiah, uh, of Damascus, Syria. Get this, verse 27, And he shall confirm the covenant for many, 
or with many, for one week, seven days. And in the middle of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. The death of Jesus happened in the middle of the week, on a Wednesday, not on a Friday like we've always assumed. And that's my view and opinion. It's got to fulfill prophecy, and here it is, in the middle of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease with the death of Jesus. In other words, that's the way I'm reading this. And, and get this, with the overspreading of abominations, he will make it desolate. Ah, that's interesting. This word overspreading comes from the Hebrew kanaf, and it means to project in every direction laterally. Sounds like a bomb going off. Yep. Even to the consummation, he will make it desolate, it meaning Jerusalem. And that which is determined, or wrath, shall be poured upon the desolate. Wow. That's scary stuff. Yet there will be a remnant of the people in Jerusalem left. And what will happen? Do you think they'll be angry that their city got trodden down of the Gentiles? Yes. We already read what's going to happen then. He will, God will make Jerusalem a stone of stumbling that all who try to move it are hurt. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Is there any good news in all this? Well, in chapter 8 of uh, Daniel, he says this in verse 13. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. That would be God the Father, seems to me. And they brought him near before him. And there was given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine a, a, a Muslim or some other uh, religious cult person uh, finding Jesus and worshiping him and serving and obeying him? Wow! This dominion of his is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. What will be destroyed is every other world religion. And the people of his curse are all going to die. And this will be a permanent death. Where do I find that? Well, you find that in the 51st chapter of Jeremiah, starting in verse 39 and 57. I'll just go there briefly and come right back here to Daniel 8. Okay, in 51 and 39, it says this. In their heat I will make their feast. Whose? Who? Well, this would be Babylon. It's talking about the king of Babylon in verse 29. The land shall tremble and sorrow, for every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon to make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitant. 
That's pretty clear, pretty strong language there. In their heat I will make their feasts, and I will make them drunken, that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the Lord. Whoa. And then in 57, same chapter, chapter 51, and verse 57 says this, And I will make drunk her princes, her wise men, her captains, her rulers, her mighty men. And they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the, wall, the broad walls of Babylon shall be utterly broken, and her high gates shall be burned with fire, and their people sh- uh, the people shall labor in vain, and the folk of the nations because of the fire, and they will be weary. Wow. Verse 64 says, And you shall say, Thus shall Babylon sink, and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. Wow. Now let's go back to Daniel chapter 8 again. Okay, in verse 18 or 14, here's some more good news. It was given to him to have dominion and glory and a kingdom, we read, that all people and nations and languages should serve him. Now that's good news. We're going to have Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. All other world religion is going down the drain. His kingdom, that is, Jesus' kingdom, will not be destroyed. It will not be overthrown or overpopulated or outpopulated by anyone. Verse 18 says, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Wow. In verse 22, it says, Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given unto them, to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. That's you and I believers. Wow. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall come, or shall be a fourth kingdom upon the earth, and it shall be di- uh, different from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and tread it down, and break it in pieces. And then in verse 25, And he shall speak great or pompous words against the Most High, and this is talking about the leader of the Muslims, i.e., uh, Muhammad, which he's not even alive, but it's the same type of spirit. At least that's the way I'm interpreting this. And um, speak against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change the times and laws. And to Sharia, no doubt. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and half a time, or a dividing of time. Revelation twelve seventeen. Um, but the court shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to the consummation. That's interesting. To consume and destroy it to the end. To the end of it. No more. 
verse 27, And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and in all dominions shall serve and obey him. Wow. All kingdoms become Christ's. Now let's go to Revelation 11, and starting in verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Exactly. Now, to me, that is the best news anybody can have. The best news anybody can have is that Jesus is real, that he is coming back, and that we who follow him will rule with him. The time came when the saints possessed the kingdom, and judgment was given to them. Well, that's you and I, God willing. Well, I can see by the clock that it's time to go. Go to my website, if you would, itellwhy.com. I-T-E-L-L-Y-W-H-Y.com. Also, JesusIsWhy.com. Same place. You can read my eight books there about prophecy and about evolution and about all sorts of things. I hope you get some good out of it. There isn't a single ad in there. There's no way to give me money. Thanks anyway. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it for your benefit to build faith that you might trust in Jesus, for he alone holds your life and mine in his hands. Till next time, I'm Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in.